When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can, yes, you can do it. I believe in you. You can subscribe below Joe Sorrell today right there on YouTube. And if you do, thank you so much. Plus, if you could like, follow, subscribe, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go check out Ox1947 because he's so shy on this show. And he's so reserved at LakersBall.com. But please... Go ahead and check him out anyways, because he is somewhat opinionated right there in all the fascinating groups that are part of LakersBall.com. Plus, check out our good friend, Mr. Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. He is still holding out hope for a Russell Westbrook trade to Indiana before the season starts, and he'll tell you why in his latest article right there for you at Lakerholics.com. Plus, my good friend, Mr. Jamie Sweet, Yami Swoot who is on his own at Lakerholics.com doing his awesome five things articles. I'm going to go ahead and try and see what we can do to get a late night Lakers talk maybe coming up here this week. So we'll go ahead and try and arrange that because I know his schedule is kind of busy right now. So we'll go ahead and work that out. But please go ahead and check out his five things articles today at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend John McCallion, he drops on by. He did last night. Go ahead and check out his great show and great channel today. Subscribe to it at YouTube. Plus, our good friends at Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Training camp is here. Training camp is here. And the Lakers are now knee-deep in running drills, running some plays, defense, learning a little by little more about what Darvin Ham wants to go ahead and direct for the offense and defense this coming season. So we're finding a little bits and pieces about what may happen as far as rotation, who starts, and who is going to be on the outs as far as not being able to play as much. Just little bits right now 
bits and pieces as far as they go into training camp, but it is here and we're excited, but I still have some questions I want to hit up for the crew. And the crew is here today, starting with the good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today. Asox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro. And also want to mention as well that I'm going to cover, I will today, episode eight of Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers on Hulu. That's now available in the series. But Joe, good to have you back, my friend, live from the Sin Blades Emporium right there in beautiful Southern California. Want to go ahead and thank you so much for hitting us back up here. Your thoughts so far on training camp, what you've seen, the reaction to media day as John McCallion is in the chat room. Now he's saying, Kaka, the Nighthawks are back right now covering training camp. Before I hit you up with some of the questions, I want to ask your thoughts on training camp right now. Well, it just started. I don't really feel anything yet other than, the usual optimism from the players and management as well as the coach. Okay. I would say I would feel a lot better watching some games. I think uh, we've talked enough during the, during the off season, we've had extended long off seasons the last few years and it's become very boring. I'd rather talk about the games. I'd rather talk about, deficiencies and improvements and lost opportunities and all the good stuff that you talk about after a game. We're going to have 82 shots at this and then obviously six shots during the preseason. Uh, and if, for those who haven't visited LakersBall.com, uh, some of the best win or lose entertainment is in the game time thread where you get a chance to buy the second give your opinion and give your feelings of the of the game as it's going. Uh, just be careful. Don't do it while you're driving and don't do it while you're, uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I am looking forward to, to, to gameplay at this point. Uh, we've got, we got a pretty good fill yesterday of uh, where the players are. There were some good interviews with the players, guys like Patrick Beverly, guys like Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron James, even. And we're ready to see what Darvin Ham has in store for this team and what miracle he can work with the current roster. Uh, there's some injury updates. Uh, guys like uh, Lonnie Walker apparently has some knee issues. Uh, no, his is an ankle. Is it an ankle? An, okay, an, it is. You're right. You're right. It is, a, it is an, an ankle. ankle. And then Troy Brown is a back, just to let you know. Yes. Yes. So I'll Troy, uh, with all due respect, I'll, not, I hope he becomes a pivotal player on this team, but I'm not really thinking about him too much. Lonnie Walker, every uh, negative report on him in any way is going to be uh, Rob's issue in terms of uh, dedicating a MLE on, on him. Uh, he's already started in a bad position with not being a very good defender and not being a very good shooter when this team has needed a good shooter and a good defender. Uh, but he had, he did say, uh, during his interview, uh, that he eats, sleeps, and lives for basketball. Uh, what that means, I don't know. Uh, I, I would say I could eat, I could train for basketball and eat and sleep basketball right now, but doesn't mean I'm going to be able to play well in the NBA. Matter of fact, it's a zero chance that I play well in the NBA. 
so we we need to see those results uh, again i've reiterated my results mantra we're in the business of results uh, especially when you're an la laker so we're expecting results if you're going to put that kind of dedication in it otherwise try to find a different occupation as far as the i know we were wanting to talk about a few of the decisions that are going to be made mm-hmm. uh like let's say starting center damian jones well that's one thing that we'll get it back to that in a second in fact yeah. i'm going to hit you up now since you're the first man here, first man up, first man here, I'm going to start hitting you with some of these hard-hitting questions. Okay, they're not as hard-hitting as I'd like to probably put out there, but they're probably a little bit more hard-hitting than what we saw yesterday at Media Day for the most part. But we'll start with the first one. And I know that, Luca, as I just left a paragraph in the comments of yesterday's YouTube show, but he is still watching, and we truly appreciate and value him watching. I know his his opinions are very much valued here with us at the Lakers fast break, but I know I'm sorry. we got to start off with Russell Westbrook. I know he, he doesn't like the fact that the media and we focus a lot on Russell Westbrook, but it's the dynamic. It's the whole dynamic between his play, what happened last season, what happened this summer, and also how much he is costing the team right now. But the thing is, the first question leads with him is can Russell Westbrook, can he regain his form this season to where he once had it, let's say, two, three seasons ago, or that half season with Washington when he was actually playing pretty darn good? No. However, he can take on a role for the first time that would benefit the team, and that's him coming off the bench. Uh, if Kendrick Nunn is indeed healthy going into the season, you have to make that decision because Kendrick Nunn can actually give you a a set of skills when he's healthy and focused that this team greatly needs shooting and being able to break down the man in front of him. Those are very, very key attributes. Uh, Westbrook can't shoot. He could break down the man in front of him, but I don't know how well at this point in his career, but if he's coming off the bench with Patrick Beverly uh, and spelling the starters in a way where they're continuing to keep the lead where it is, there could be a, there could be a very, there could be a benefit there. Um, especially since they're going to be apparently starting Patrick Beverly as a three or a, well, they, 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 they hinted that everything is up for, as far as the backcourt that they didn't say that it's a given that anyone has a definitive backcourt slot already taken up. Uh, they just hinted that, Pat Bev might be a leader in the clubhouse, but didn't say definitively one way or another who are actually going to be the starting guards. I would prefer to have Anthony Davis be the leader in the locker room. He is, if uh, should he be healthy, should have an MVP-esque type season and possibly a Defensive Player of the Year award. He is 29 years old. This is absolutely the age of a big man going into his middle, 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 middle prime. Uh, should he stay healthy, I, I, I expect him to be a top five MVP and possibly a defensive player of the year, which, you know, I'm still in shock he hasn't won one yet. This should be the year if he stays healthy. He should be the leader. Uh, LeBron is a leader, of course. He's LeBron James. Uh, but we need that guy that's, you know, in his prime, that's a superstar to be the leader at this point. Patrick Beverly could be the 
jokester. Maybe he could be the guy that kind of loosens people up in terms of, you know, little barbs here and there. But other than that, I'm not really expecting a lot from him on the court, uh, at least in a important situation. I'm I'm just not. Uh, He's going to have to show me that he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be able to, (laughs) if they do put him where they said he was going to get put, I'm going to have to see if he can Dennis Rodman that. Uh, We did see Dennis Rodman in his prime guard guys like Shaq, Carl Malone, Alonzo Mourning, and hold his own or stop them. But does Patrick Beverly have that ability to to stop a Kevin Durant uh, or a a Giannis should he have to guard them? Uh, Reality says no. You can't put a 6'1 guy on a 6'10 freak. And the other freak too, Kevin Garner. Well, shouldn't Kevin it be Grant. if that's the case, you would expect an Anthony Davis to go ahead and and match up with those guys? Well, it depends on if Anthony Davis can handle playing NBA one, NBA one defense, and NBA one offense. He's twenty nine. He should be able to. This is his prime. We can't expect LeBron to do it. Uh, he's going to be more of the facilitator of this team you know, throughout the regular season. And then he could take over in the playoffs in certain spots, but that, that has to be contained. You have to make sure that LeBron is fresh. If you, if you get, get through half the season and realize that you do have a playoff team here, a playoff team that can maybe get lucky and have a uh, home court advantage uh, location, then you have to really make sure you continue to win and save LeBron up because you will need LeBron and AD to play one, one on the offense and defense to have a shot at winning it all. This is Raphael from NBA Draft and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally, so don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, this is the Lakers Fast Break. It's Gerald Glasser along with the man behind what's going on with LakersBall.com. It is Joe Sorrow. Emate got a great question for us. Do you think that Pat Bev can shoot at, as his new role in the Lakers as a scoring guard? Many says that Pat Bev can't shoot. He can play defense, but not really good in shooting. Well, I'm going to say this, and I'll let Joe answer this question here in a sec. His statistics 
last year and the year before are declining from the three-point area. He is now down to a 34% shooter. He was once at, for several seasons, 38 to 40% three-point shooting. So he has in the past shot. I don't know about now, but he also doesn't take that many shots, period. He only takes about six to 10 shots a game, and he only has his career average is right around 10 points. So I'm not expecting that big of an offensive load for him. Joe, your thoughts on Pat Bev before I hit you up with the questions as they continue. Well, he's he's never really played with a post-up player and a uh, drive-and-dish player like LeBron. If he put in the work this summer to make those threes, he's going to get open shots. And if he makes those shots, it could help tremendously. I mean, tremendously. He's got the confidence to do it, which is usually the issue with missing shots from three. That would be the only thing that I would say is different than what he's been used to over the last 10 years in the NBA, or I should say 13. He's been in the NBA since 09. Yeah. So, yeah, he's playing with two players that are that are going to demand uh, players to possibly sag off or double team. Uh, and now, you know, now he's he's going to have to be one of those guys that makes those shots when the other team makes you beat them. That's how I'm looking at that particular situation. Uh, if you were to just ask me, well, what do you think about Pat Bev as far as being a shooter? Well, he, he hasn't really shown me much in his career being a good shooter. Yeah, uh, yeah he's a he's a he's a pest, but. Any, any good player or any great player can, you know, f- flick the fly away when it matters <laughs> deep, deep in the playoffs. Pests, being a pest is only as good as your, your play. You can yap all you want, but you're going to get clowned at some point uh, by the guys who aren't affected by that. So I would hope with the current players that he's going to be with, guys like LeBron and AD, that he hits those open shots because he's going to get them. And it's gonna if, if I if I knew he was preparing for this situation, then I'd feel a little bit better being confident that he would hit those shots. Because he's not gonna get open shots like he is this year, like he did before. It's this is yeah. these are these are, you know, next level Hall of Fame players that are going to get that attention and you're gonna have a shot, literally. And that's how I'm looking at that. I, I really am. Um it's it's just not known until we see it i i'm hoping we see a little bit of what darvin ham can do uh in terms of setting up something in those realms to to see what 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 the veteran guys can do and i'm trying to look at other aspects of this i know we've been talking about russell westbrook i think we've exhausted that and i'm going to try to stick to the subject at hand at this point and seeing what other options this team has for, for, for them to benefit from besides the fact that we have to deal with someone who might struggle in this current setup. Wanted to ask you this is something that we tried to ask Sean, but unfortunately his internet would not allow him to be a part of today's broadcast. And I do apologize for that. And especially to him for taking the time out of his day to, to join us. And that is if Russell Westbrook does regain his form. And I talked about it with him. Will he still be traded? Does he become even a more, I guess, uh, I guess, attractive trade option for the Lakers if he regains his form? I know you said he probably won't, but 
let's just say uh, he, if he, he does. okay def- define the regain his, his form are you talking second half washington or 2017 russell westbrook second half washington i think if anybody's if, expecting 2017 if, oklahoma if, city i think that's just a little bit too much yeah if you get hit if you get second half washington wizards uh russell westbrook which is a little unrealistic because that team wasn't didn't have LeBron and AD. I don't know how that's possible, but let's just say he figures out a way. This is an absolute playoff team at that point. Whether they win it, whether they win it all or not, is it's it's going to come down to the role players at that point in key positions to 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 set that up, like a KCP or a, a Alex Caruso or even a Kuzma playing good team defense. You're still going to need those role players to play their part in ascending the team to levels of championships or championship contenders. Russell Westbrook plays like second half Washington wizard, Russell Westbrook, this team goes to the playoffs for sure. If he plays like he did last year or worse, this team will, if I had to take a guess, especially if AD and LeBron are healthy, there is a small chance that they might have to take a deal that they don't want to take, but maybe give the LeBron era another shot at winning a title this year. Blue Magic says, honestly, if Westbrook can be the dog he was defensively at UCLA, like you were talking about in the last show about how he was the defensive player in the, of the Pac-10. It's, it's, this, is, this is not, guys, this is not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're talking about something that he was doing yeah, 14 years Yeah, it's not, it's, 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 Trying not to trying to focus on what what we're what we can focus on right now, which is even if it could be average, he's gonna have to come off the bench. I don't. He cannot start if he starts unless there's an injury. If he starts, you're already starting on on a bad on a bad on bad on a bad on bad footing. It's just not going to work. His game does not mesh well with AD in the post and LeBron running the point. It won't work. You need guys that can play defense and shoot because LeBron cannot play defense half the season, at least half the season, maybe three quarters of the season. AD will help out a lot in masking all that, but you're also asking AD to likely play 35 to 40 minutes a game for 75 games in order for this team to really have a shot at being a contender. Uh, We don't know if his body will make it. We have to see it. Uh, it's going to be something we're going to continue to see. But speaking of the guards and the starting guards, and this is something we've touched on in recent days, but still it, it bears repeating because of the fact that right now going into training camp, I still think it's an open competition. I I would not give 100% as far as a committal to Pat Bev, to Russell Westbrook, to Austin Reeves, to even Dennis Schroeder when he gets over here from Germany. With no guarantees given, who will be the starting guards, in your opinion? The starting guards, I'm hoping the starting guards for game one is Schroeder and none. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. That that dyna- that backcourt to what the roster is right now is what would mesh better with Jones at the center, uh, LeBron and, and AD in position four and three point forward position. I, I would like to size personally and have Pat Bev come off the bench, but that's just me as far as Austin Reeves, if he can shoot, but that's the thing. Can he improve to where he's at least a 35% three point shooter? 
Austin Reeves has to be a Joe Harris shooter at some point in his career. It's, it's probably not going to happen this year, but I expect it in year three and four, possibly. Um, I, I That's how I'm looking at Reeves. I, I'm not expecting a lot from him other than improvement from last year. Uh, an improvement from last year would be to shoot a little better and to continue to get better in terms of understanding NBA professional basketball. And you'll know. You'll know by watching him play. You'll know, okay, he's got this thing that he's doing now versus what he did last year. That's typical second-year player type stuff. And then shooting, it, 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 it's going to always come down to preparation. Can his mental focus, you know, does he does he – does he make every shot in practice like Sasha Vlicic and missing the games? Or will he be able to do Hold one? on. Clean him, you know. Yeah. Get in my yeah. hair nice. Get in my or hair where, nice. Or uh, you gotta you can't you gotta you keep forgetting the eyebrows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eyebrows, uh, eyebrows, yeah. Yeah. Or are you gonna turn into the next Alex Caruso, an undrafted player that put in the work and mentally was able to handle the pressures of this particular team? That's what we're waiting for. Everything that I've seen from 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 Austin has has, uh, has shown that he is prepared to to get better. But we don't know. I don't know. I didn't hear anything coming out of the summer where he was shooting nonstop. Uh, I'm not saying it wasn't going on, but, you know, I haven't heard anything. Uh, but him coming off the bench and being a contributor with a Pat Bev and, and hopefully a Russell Westbrook would go a long way in preserving the starters, uh, especially when, when they when – they, you know, hit the bench for the second quarter with a seven or eight point lead. We'd like those guys to sustain that lead so that when they get back in the last six minutes of the second quarter, they're they're not having to, you know, make up for all the mistakes or all the bad play from the bench. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Joe Sorrell from LakersBall.com is right here for you. If you like what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break, please go ahead and subscribe today. We're almost to 300 subscribers 300 subscribers, really good for us, and it's all because of you guys. So if you can, please go ahead and subscribe below Joe Soro today right here at the Lakers Fast Break. And thank you so much to our entire audience. In fact, those who are listening to us on our many podcast outlets, we get hundreds and hundreds of people listening in on our shows each and every week. Anchor just seems to love us. They keep sending us nice things as far as in the emails about, oh, Gerald, we like what you're doing. We like what you're doing. So Please go ahead and continue to do so. And if you do, it is Who great. said this? Anchor. Anchor.fm. That's the uh, podcast host for us. So that's, yeah. They said, yeah, you seem to be doing good numbers, Gerald. We like you. We like you. So truly appreciate them as far as what they do for us here at the Lakers Fast Break. But speaking of shooting, which you mentioned before with Austin Reeves, the best shooter on the Lakers could be a rookie. So I ask you. Will Cole Swider, who was mentioned yesterday by Sean Grice, because he is team Cole Swider, will he crack the rotation? Not can he, will he, by the end of the exhibition season, crack the rotation for the Los Angeles Lakers? Probably not. Uh, Probably not. He's got to, you know, the thing in the NBA is you got to deal with the bump and grind of the NBA. Your body's not typically conditioned, especially basketball players, for those who, who who get who really understand, I, my whole life I was you know always obsessed with height and weight because I played sports and 
the bigger, the taller always meant good things. Most basketball players are very, very skinny. I know they don't look skinny on TV, but they're very skinny in real life, and they're very skinny next to, let's say, a 28-year-old man when you're 19. <laughs> you haven't matured yet, and uh, you're also not conditioned to deal with that bump and grind of the NBA, even though the NBA is about as soft as Charmin these days compared to what it used to be. It's still pretty physical, especially for a 19-year-old. So I don't I, – for him to make an impact in this year, for him to make an impact this year with this team, uh, he would have to handle the physical part right away and be able to create distance and, and hit his shots, which that's another, you know, talent that you usually have to have experience in. Can you create distance? Uh, LeBron and AD will obviously help you out because they'll draw a lot of double teams, but – can you do it when they're not playing? And that's where that becomes important. Uh, if you're going to be playing with the bench, you are not likely going to be dealing with a lot of space. So, because no one's going to really try and double team Russell Westbrook on the perimeter. They're definitely not going to try to, well, I wouldn't uh, double team him even going to the hoop because <laughs> uh, there's a 50 50 chance he's going to miss the shot, anyways. Uh, Patrick Beverly is probably going to be yapping and talking to some fan uh, sometimes here and there. So how how are you going to develop some kind of rhythm at that point? So there's a lot of factors in there that have to kind of go his way. And, of course, he's going to have to physically be able to adapt really quickly. So, no, not likely. He'll probably have one of those games two or three times um, uh, in the year where Laker fans go into their myopic, you know, is this guy the next Ray Allen type crap? Uh, when, uh, when in fact, it's just, you know, kind of the luck of the draw that he had a good game. But that's about it. I'm not expecting a lot from him, unfortunately. Maybe next year. <laughs> Whew, dismissed on Coulter. I would say, personally, that I don't think it's a guarantee that he makes the rotation. I find the fact that him as an intriguing shooter and the way his shot looks incredibly smooth during the summer league, I really liked what I saw from what he can do out there. The thing is, can he be, like you said, can he handle up to the everyday physicality of the NBA and can he play anywhere near at a competent level on the defensive end? If he can and shows that he can the exhibition season, who knows? He could go ahead and be a back end of the rotation guy that can, over the course of the season, develop much in the way we saw Austin Reeves become a viable part of the team in his rookie season. So, that's, I think, the best-case scenario. I don't know if that'll happen, but at least it's something I think that should not be out of the realm of the possibility just because this team, analytically, on paper, looks like it will not be a three-point shooting team and they will need all the help they can get from the outside. So he should always be an option. And that's the problem. If you're not going to be a three-point shooting team in today's NBA, that means you have to exert more energy elsewhere either getting to the hoop getting you know setting up your your mid mid-range guys to, to to making shots it's it's more rigorous it's more energy spent getting those type of shots if you look at Milwaukee uh, because Giannis wasn't known as the three-point guy you know you watch him play it's essentially get the ball at the top of the key at the elbow and then try to get to the hoop and lay it up because he's got arms the size of Greece, he's, 
you know, or the, the length of Greece, he's he's able to c- conduct himself that way. And AD could play that role. I know I've been hearing some some uh, options in, in, in how Darvin Ham will implement some things he learned from Milwaukee for 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 AD to do what Giannis did, but AD doesn't typically like to exert a lot of energy through you know double teams or through the guy that's in front of him to get to the basket. He's more free flowing. He's more, let me get the, let me get the ball in the spot where I can shoot it, turn around and shoot it or get to the hoop so I can do an alley-oop or a layup. And that's, that's the stuff that when we talk about the realistic situation here, I'm analyzing what I've already seen and I'm analyzing a, a, a player's ability already that what I've seen, there's very few people that will 180 their ability especially this late in the game. You're not going to turn Michael Jordan in 1998 while he's winning his sixth championship into a three-point shooter out of nowhere. You're just not. Uh, And I use Jordan as an example because he's the greatest player that ever lived. And even he, you can't just go into 98 and go, oh, well, we're going to make you shoot threes here, MJ. So, you know, get ready for for that. Now, he probably could have made it happen if anybody could have. But it's not something that, that, that gets done typically. Uh, you want to play with with the the strengths of your team, and that's that's essentially what a good coach is supposed to do. And of course, health is going to ultimately be the decider here. No matter what we say in terms of what offense and who's going to be held, you know, who's going to do what. We got to we got to see if AD can play thirty five to forty minutes a game for at least seventy five. Uh, games for the year and then and then we have to, then we can make the assessment of what the team is about wanted to go ahead and mention what paul terry paul the guy who wants darvin hamfire because he indicated that a reporter uh, interview i guess said that darvin ham was more definitive in making russell westbrook a starter i haven't seen any comments to that all the comments i'm seeing as far as what was made and what i saw yesterday from media day indicate that it's still up for grabs. And again, I really think even if he said that now it was definitive, I think it would become undefinitive if the fact he was going to head and play lousy during the exhibition game. So I'm, I'm still saying it's up for grab. Uh, he said, Gerald, there is a video of LeBron and AD and Russ having a three point contest. It looks horrible. They kept missing shots. We're all too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh yeah, check on Google too. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do here the past few minutes while while Joe was talking, and I'll keep I'll keep keep trying to research it. But I, I still think Paul, if if Russell Westbrook plays in the exhibition season like he did last season, I still think that's going to open up for competition. Or even if that's the case, Paul, it's probably if he does not play well, he will probably get a a a short hook as far as being sent to the bench as far as that's the case, and someone else brought in in his stead as far as into the starting lineup. But, you, you know, you could be right just based off of reputation alone. We'll see what happens. But once again, it's the Lakers' fast break. Blue Magic, before we continue our questioning, is asking, what do we make of the Lonzo injury? I hate to say it, but it seems like he's done. Such a talented player with passing and defense. Tatum should have been picked above him, however. We all agree Tatum should have been picked above him. I have no questions about that now. Lonzo, it's very sad because he even says right now that he can't even he can't even go up the stairs. He's having issues going up the stairs. And at his age, 
if I can beat him on a race up to the stairs, that's pretty sad, my friend. That's pretty sad. Lonzo Ball, he's always been a little soft. I think when even when he was at the Lakers, it seemed like he was always injured after a few weeks. Uh, I don't know where this goes. Uh, it doesn't look good. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I, I, he seems like a nice guy. Seems, you know, people like him. He's a good team player. But at the end of the day, looking back on the, the pick, we, uh, we as in the, the people who watch the game and, of course, people who run the Lakers fell in the trap of, of, the, of the hype of Lonzo Ball. And uh, they, yeah, absolutely. I, agree. And, I agree. And they missed out on a player from Duke. And I think what I don't know what they did. I, I can't. I don't. I never really did any research on it. But I would have liked to have thought that someone would have went and talked to Shashevsky to see, hey, what do you, what, what's what's the deal here? Is this somebody we want? But um, didn't work out. I'm checking out that article right now, Paul, just to let you know. It is on Bleacher Report. It is uh, actually written on by Doric Sam. Again, most of the articles that are out there saying that the backcourt is still up for grabs. Ramona Shelburne from ESPN, I guess in her comments today on NBA Today, is from what what, uh, she is understanding, the Lakers still see Russell Westbrook as a starter. But again, that's that's they, they see Russell Westbrook as a starter. That's from her observations. You know, if he stinks it up in the exhibition season, I'm not sure if that's going to remain the case. I just think that it is more open than a lot of people are letting on. And I think that what was said yesterday and what was indicated yesterday at media day, that I think it's more up to grabs than people think. It doesn't matter. His game does not work as as a starter on this team. It it just won't work. He's not going to shoot. He can't, how are you gonna? Sh- how are you not gonna clog the lane if you know that Russell Westbrook can't shoot? You can't. You can't. It's just not going to going to work because his game is not predicated on that. And we already saw his ability to do other things last year, and he's not gonna change, guys. He's not gonna all of a sudden become a slasher and a guy that's gonna be a dog that's gonna guard the best player on the other side of the team. Otherwise, you would deal with that. By having those two things, you can make that work, but he won't. It won't work. Put him on the bench. I'm hoping Kendrick Nunn is healthy. He's the kind of two guard you want. And then you put Dennis Schroeder there to, you know, because that's your best point guard at that point, minus LeBron. And let's go. Let's see what these guys can do. If we can get Euro League uh, Schroeder a little bit of that, you're, 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 you're at least got something serviceable. And then if you got none hitting some shots in the corners or whatever, there you go. I mean, Paul, you know, Paul's still saying, Joe, that's why he wants ham fires because he say, keeps on saying he can fix Russ and he still keeps, he, he has hopes for Russ. Did Again, he say that? Did he say he could fix Russ? I don't think he, I don't think he said he could fix Russ. I think he said he could put Russ in a better position. To better position, right? Okay, great. I'm glad he said that. If he if he's true there, if if this is this is me, spectator Joe. I have never coached in the NBA, but I like to think we know what we're looking at. We're not dumb. If he really means that, then Russell Westbrook needs to come off the bench. 
We need to stop with the constant starting rotation change every other day. That's another thing that really hurts a team when it comes to continuity. You know that you got to have some continuity here to where you can build some chemistry and build everyone's role in the right way. If he comes out and says, let's say, guys, I know this is probably not going to be popular, but I'm going to start with Russell, see how he does the first 10 games. If it doesn't work out, then I'm going to change the starting lineup. Okay, I'll buy that a little bit. But it's 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 a waste of time. It's a waste of 10 games, especially right now with, with the strength of schedule uh, being so high. Um, you can't really make that mistake right now. You're talking about five games right out the gate that you could start 0-5. And you 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 have a high probability of starting one and four. Mm-hmm. It's very very likely if you screw up on your decision to go into the season with the wrong lineup, you could start one and four right out the gate, and that's 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 bad too. Zero and five is really bad, but one and four is bad too. They need to come out at least three and two out of those five games. And they're going to have to win a couple of those games against really good teams, teams that they've been struggling to play against. Well, I think right now, before we fire Darvin Ham, Paul, at least give him a chance to coach on the court. He's saying things that he has to because he's the new – we talked about this yesterday. He's the new man there. He's the new guy there. It's his first head coaching gig. He doesn't have the cachet walking in like Phil Jackson with – numerous rings so that he can go and pretty much literally say what he wants and feels right off the get-go. He is, this is his first job and he doesn't want to blow it. And obviously he's towing the company line at first, let him get comfortable and let's see, hear what he has to say. Once he gets started, then once the, the turmoil, once the, any type of drama, once any type of adversity comes his way, let's see how he handles it then and then we can go ahead and judge his performance from there. I, I say we give him at least a chance because right now, <laughs> unless you're looking the way of Ime Udoka, if he does get fired or he decides to quit, Joe's still saying no on no, that. No, Paul. There, no, Paul. He's not going to get there, fired. Out. Yeah, he's not going to get fired. Like there's Mike not Brown. really that many options for a head coach right now for the Los Angeles Lakers. So. No, you can't. You can't fire him I, I, after one and four start. This is this is a Darvin Ham's going to be the coach for the next couple of years for sure. I don't think Genie will pay extra contracts. Yeah, I there's think, no, and even at least then, not right now. even then, it's not, it's not, it's not good business to 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 dump. I mean, he would have to be, he would have to really, really jack up LeBron and AD, and really cause a, a firestorm for for him to be fired after yeah. this year. Um, no, I think he's going to be there for at least a couple of years. I think. This this is this could be a wash year in a, in a lot of ways, and then next year when they can reconstruct this team a little bit better, and hope that LeBron doesn't really lose as much next year, then then you can maybe have a shot at putting together a team that could 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 contend. Uh, the talk is not. I don't care about talk. Um, I don't care what you say, uh, and this is not just sports. I've gotten to the age in my life now where I don't care what you say. I want to see it. Uh, that my my mentor in this business, broadcasting business, used to say, "Don't tell me you're pregnant. Don't tell me you're pregnant. Show me the baby." 
that's that's a that's a that's that's what I come from. That's where I learned little things like that from. And as I've gotten older, it's even more prevalent now to know that stop wasting my time and show me, show me that this can work. And if, if you give it a shot, if you give it a shot and it doesn't work, are you able to maneuver around it and make something else work? Uh, And that's what we're going to be waiting for. But, but, if you were to ask me, how is this going to start very well? <laughs> Cancel for what? I didn't even say anything. Did I say something bad? No, be careful, Joe. You'll get canceled. <laughs> you're probably I, right. I think you're, I'm, I think you're teetering the line, but you're not going over it. I don't think. Well, teetering the line of what? I don't know. I just Obviously, a blue magic is hearing something. You, that, couldn't, uh, you couldn't cancel me if I was dead. Well, I don't know about that. I think you'd still be canceled. I think by you, who? You'd be, well, by can't cancel. The, you can't cancel by the funeral parlor. You can't cancel me. No, you can't Don't cancel me. You. Anyways, so okay. you 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 want me to take you seriously? A mortician might have something. You to want say me to take that. you seriously? I've said it a few times in the last hour. I think we're in almost an hour. You start Schroeder. Why did you get Schroeder? Right. You start Schroeder. You needed a guard. You start Schroeder, and you start Kendrick Nunn at the two. If he's healthy, if those guys are not available, then you got to do what you got to do. At that point, it makes, you know, there's not no other choice. You got to start Russ. But if those two are healthy, you start those guys at the beginning of the year and you have Russ be, tell them uh, you, you, you won the MVP. Let's, let's go after the six man award. Joe will cancel you says Paul. If you show support to him, LOL, LOL. I'm just going to say in regards, because I know Paul said uh, that Jeannie Buss is the worst owner of the NBA. I don't think she's the worst owner of the NBA. I think that there are better governors in the NBA. So let's try to. Robert, Robert Sarver is not, I guess, the second worst. Is that? Yeah, I, I just I don't think, you know, anyone's uh, worse than that. But, you know, when it comes to the NBA governors in this league. I think it should be based off of the definitive record over their period that they've owned the team. She has not been the greatest, obviously, as far as her record is concerned. So I think that speaks accordingly. But she has won championships since she's taken over the team. A, or, excuse me, a championship. So at least that's got to be in some consideration there. But there have been many losing seasons as well. And I also think that needs to be under consideration in how you evaluate her as an owner. Uh, or as a governor, excuse me, as a governor, as opposed to, let's say, some of the others who have not been as fortunate as far as what the teams that they've governed as well. So I don't think she's the worst. I don't think she's the best. Let's just leave it at that. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. And Richard, a question that he asked at the very tail end, which you guys really quickly touched on, and I can't caught it in a post. I didn't catch it at the time, but I know Richard would asking, was asking this. Is Cam Reddish still an option? You said no, but what if he is an option? Because if he doesn't make the rotation on New York, he would become available yet again. We don't need marginal players on this team anymore. He's just not a good player. He's okay, but we need this. We need difference makers. And bringing in another guy that's suspect who didn't work in Atlanta, didn't work in New York. What's what's he gonna What's he gonna do here that's gonna work? I know Tom is pretty high in him. I think he's okay, but I, obviously there's a reason why he's going from team to team. 
and then now maybe possibly going to another team is because the fact that he's not filled out. He the wants more playing play. time. You wants more playing time. This is the NBA. You get playing time when you play well. There's no choice. There's a limited amount of talent in the NBA. If you're talented, you're playing. So I don't know what – if you can't play in Atlanta, can't play in New York, well, um, what makes you think you're going to play in L.A. where the pressure is even worse? I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm not, he could, he could be Chauncey Billups, I guess. Maybe Chauncey went, but those are rare. Those are rare situations. Uh, I don't think we we're, we're in the mindset of trying to revamp a a young career right now. We need, we need players to, to, we, we have players right now that we are, are worried about not performing and it's very likely they won't be able to. And how, how is, how are we going to work around it? That's that's what we're waiting for now. One of the things I want to ask you, another question among our 10 questions as Laker training camp opened right here at the Lakers fans break. I wanted to go ahead and thank you so much for watching and listening. One of the questions I have for you, Joe, my friend, who will back up AD and LeBron? Because that's a big point of a contention for me as far as the lack of depth on this roster especially at the wings and the forward positions. Who do you think will back up the Lakers? And when you say what you are going to say, I know it's probably going to give me a headache because that means we don't have much in the way of choices that are available. We really don't. We have Thomas Bryant. We have Damian Jones. We have uh, Reeves. We have JTA. JTA. Those guys are not. Wenyan Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel, I'd say, would be probably the – Oh, that's giving me a big headache. Uh, yeah, there's really that's why 35, 40 minutes is 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 has to be the the mindset for AD, which is exactly the opposite of what was being said yesterday by Darvin Ham for what they are going to be playing. Well, playoff play, playoff minutes would be forty two to forty three with this team should they go to the playoffs. Thirty five to thirty eight might be realistic, but we're going to need AD to be Superman. This, it's a, yeah, this is a great, this is a fantastic question. Absolutely fantastic. And I'll tell you why, because it, it starts to bring to reality what, what really is going to happen. Explain to me who is going to back up LeBron and AD. We haven't even talked about that. Guys, these guys aren't going to play 48 minutes. This isn't the 60s with Will Chamberlain. These guys, we need these guys not to play almost, at least one of them not to play more than 30 minutes. And then who's going to play the other 18 minutes? You're talking about a quarter and a half. A quarter and a half. Who's going to cover LeBron for a quarter and a half every game for 82 games? That plus minus ratio is going to be really bad. It is really, really scary. And that question was the perfect example of what situation we're in right now. That's the, that's the situation we're in. The hope last year was that Russell would, would take up a lot of that stress while LeBron sits, but we've obviously seen the results of that. So unless Russell Westbrook plays lights out when LeBron's out, we're in trouble in, in, on that case. And we haven't even really talked about that. We've been sitting there talking about Russ and LeBron and AD and 
who's going to play center? Who the hell is going to come out of the bench and actually spell these guys? For well, that's something we've talked about sparingly, but not enough. And I actually mentioned it to you on a couple of occasions is I'm very concerned about roster as far as positions three through 12, three through 15, as far as the depth or lack thereof. We talked about it at one point in time is, is this team worse as far as that rotation, that part of the rotation than last year? And I think you said, yes, it's worse. I don't think even if you said it was better, it's marginally better. And that still makes them probably the worst three through 12 to 15 in the NBA, possibly, or one of the worst, absolutely rotations in the league outside of LeBron and AD. You don't have much there. There's no margin for error on top of that. So their team is already constructed poorly. And then on top of that, you would have to have them all play healthy all year yeah. for them to even have a shot at being competitive. Yeah. One little snag, it's over. One little turned ankle by AD, get ready to watch five, six games in a row in terms of uh, of losses. Uh, that's That's... There's no, there's no margin of error, and they're already in, in a bad situation. And Richard's asking, uh, I have a question. Do you guys think that we're wasting a year of LeBron? Yes, we're wasting a year of LeBron, but we don't have much of a choice because we've already put ourselves into a wall financially. So there's really not much you can do. The term we waste- went all in on AD, won a championship, and I think, you know, I know Joe disagrees with me on that, but I still think we're seeing the fallout effect of that. The wasting of LeBron's year is not they, – they're not wasting anything. They, they're not it's, – it's what it is. They, you know, you couldn't acquire talent to justify what you were going to send out. You couldn't you, – you just – there was Kyrie Irving, and I'd say that was the only one that might have made a, a big enough difference. But that's it. There isn't really anything else you could have done to – you know, I guess not waste his his season. Uh, I'd say 2021 was a wasted, not purposely, but that was a wasted opportunity by by when AD got hurt. Because had they had he not, they would have won that title. They 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 mowed down Phoenix those last two games and were up to one. If AD doesn't get hurt, I think they finish that series off in four. I'm sorry, in six, and they start getting better as, as, as the, as the series got on and then playing Milwaukee. I know you said that you thought Milwaukee would be a problem. Sure. They'd be a problem, but I think a healthy AD and LeBron and uh, the number one defense that practically played the whole year without AD and LeBron, I think they, they come through the way they did in uh, 2020. Blue magic says if Davis doesn't produce this season as in have an MVP like season, I'm not sure how fans will support his return to finish his contract. I think he should be traded. I, as I've always said, I am on the train with Joe for one more season. Joe is at the head of this train. He's the conductor of this AD for one more season train. I'm actually boarded. It wasn't going to be like the playoff Rondo train where I was the last one to get on board on this one. I'm actually on it right now. And I'm actually riding along, for going along for the ride for one season. But if that season doesn't work out and we have a season that's closer to 2021 as opposed to 2019 slash 2020, then that's some issues that we have to address and address right away as a team and organization. Do I think Palinka's the guy to do it as a GM? To answer your question, Paul, 
No, I don't think he is. I think if this season goes south again, Rob Palinka is going to be very much on the hot seat. And the question is, who are you going to bring in? There's no more Jesse and Joey are the only viable in-house people at this point. Do these guys, does Clutch, does the league respect the kids at that point? Yeah. I would say no, but it, it, this season's going to be the ultimate revealer. We're going to know what is going to be needed after this season once the season's over. And we might actually find out even before then. But I fully expect this team to struggle and not be a contender in any way. They're just not they're not they're not constructed to be a contender. Let, let me ask you this though. Next question on my list that I have for you, my friend. Will the starting center get more than twenty minutes a game? Whoever that may be. If it's Thomas Bryant healthy, yes. Because he's he plays he plays an integral part of today's game and is the perfect center for this team. He is a big who can shoot and he is extremely bright and personality wise and chemistry wise. He encompasses all those things that are great in terms of team basketball. I, 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 I have high hopes for Thomas if he's healthy. I, As I really do, do I. Yeah. I think, I think we we had to do what we what we did with him uh, before, and I was kind of bummed that he was gone. We had to put him in a package to trade him, but now that he's back, if he's healthy, he's going to help tremendously. I hope so. I certainly hope so. But then again, that's a big if, and we'll see what happens there. Next question I'm going to ask you is this: Can we expect it to stay professional and harmonious for the entire team through November? And more importantly, will Pat Bev and Westbrook stay best friends like they indicated, or at least Pat Patrick Beverly indicated in yesterday's media sessions? He's thinking. I don't care. <laughs> you don't think? Well, don't let me care. ask you, how soon do you think, or do you think it will be a dumpster fire by Thanksgiving? I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm talking basketball. It, it, these guys well, that, are it will affect whatever happens behind the scenes or off the court does affect on the well, court. The, 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 the irritant will will be more irritating if they're losing. People who talk are already annoying. If you're losing on top of that, they're 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 a detriment to everything at that point. Uh if if Rodman was, let's say in the nineties, was getting kicked out and kicking people in the face or whatever, if they were if he was, if they were losing, it would be a massive distraction. But because they were winning, it was part of the gig. So if if Beverly wants to act like a clown, I hope they're winning. Because if he acts like a clown and they go on a seven eight game losing streak, you'll see a lot of guys get real tired real quick. And I'm not talking about Russell Westbrook or AD or or LeBron. I'm talking about like Austin Reeves or a JTA, young guys that are like you know like. That, that those guys will get affected by that more because they're just like, dude, shut up. Just put up. You're not, you're not putting up. Why, you, why do you keep talking? The next question I have for you, my friend, is in our continuous line of questioning, as Lakers training camp opens for this year, thanks again for joining us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. I think they're going to be best friends for all of five, 
six days, and then we'll see what happens. But provided they have good health, can fans reasonably expect the Lakers to make the playoffs? As the final question on the set of questions I have for you for Lakers training camp. If they're healthy, yeah, they'll make a six, seven, eight seed or play in, obviously. But that's yeah. about it. Yeah, that's about it. Wow, because that seems a little surprising to me. I'm going to be honest with you after our conversations all these hours. It's because the reason why I say that is because the way you have inflected the the obvious and the lack of depth and the things that we've covered so much on this show and the Westbrook issue and, and everything else and they're in the health of the team, et cetera, et cetera. It does not line itself to what I have perceived from you that would be a top eight team, something like maybe at a play-in team at best. That's because I'm not expecting them to be healthy. I don't think AD is going to play 75 games. If we can get 140 games between them, I would be ecstatic. Yeah, and I just don't see it. I have to, I'd have to see it. And you're talking about an old team on top of that with young guys that have no prep right now for this kind of operation. Too many young players. And then the young players that can't do what today's NBA player needs to do to be effective. Health. Health is a, a big part of this. And th- that's why we keep saying if. And it's usually, it's it's just a prelude to what will eventually happen if they stay healthy. Well, that's not really a ring endo- endorsement at that point. If they're healthy. I guess you can say that about anybody. Yeah. This guy, if, if LeBron played 82 games and averaged 30 points a game, and was able to play defense, yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. If AD can play 82 games and play MVP ball, of course they're going to make the playoffs because they're they're available and they're playing. But they're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. It would be a miracle if it happened. I'm saying strictly that if they're to make the playoffs, they're going to be a 6, 7, 8, or a play-in. They're going to be in that that range. And if you're, if you're, if you're getting to 6, that means LeBron and AD were available almost the whole year, seven and eight, kind of similar situation, but maybe, you know, some bad losses here and then. And of course the play-in is just the team struggling to just be relevant. One of the things that Paul Lipman, who's here in the chat is asking, is it fair to rip Palenka? Did the Gobert trade, did the Gobert trade inflate the value of a star or impact player to the point that there was no viable or realistic trade for Westbrook? I understand that part of it, Paul, but this is a situation, the reason why Lakers fans should be asking or leaning towards Palinka not being with the organization, in my opinion, is because of the total weight of what he has done since the team has won a championship. The moves that were made after Magic left the organization and he was put in charge, and we put that in quotations because you know, with the all the different influences around the organization, who knows at times who really is in charge. But if Palinka is really the guy that is pulling the strings, the moves since Magic has left, and if you are to believe, has been his and his for the most part alone. If that's the case, a lot of poor decisions have been made. So you, as an organization, you should only allow for so many poor decisions before it really starts to affect you as an organization and you think you should go ahead and move in a different fashion or in a different direction. I think if this season turns out 
the way that many fear, like Joe and I are fearing that it might, then I think a change at the top of the organization starting there should and most likely will be made. Yeah, Russell Westbrook trade it takes precedent over all the other bad decisions, but the other bad decisions actually, I think, played a, a bigger role in how bad Rob has been at his job. Um, choosing Taylor and Horton Tucker over Alex Caruso only to trade only to trade him a year later for Patrick Beverly. When you could uh, even have Kyle Lowry. Yeah, you know. well, Kyle Lowry, you know, at the time, I'm, I'm at trying the to. Time. Yeah, it's you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I, I. We see I can, what he's become now. I under, yeah, I understand that, but I'm I'm using THT as a good example here because yeah. it wasn't just the the decision of going with him because I actually supported that. Yeah. The problem was, and I'm going to use the Italian chef and the Chinese chef again so that you understand. You picked THT, the Italian chef, and you brought him in after choosing him over a very popular player who was very good, who we developed, who was still young, and you stuck him into a Chinese restaurant to, to cook Chinese food. That was your that was that was your decision. That's that's an incompetent decision. If 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 THT had played lousy last year being in the position in the best position possible, then at that point you would say, okay, but the thing is we already got a sample size of his capabilities when he was in the right position. We saw it. That's why the, the potential, that's why they paid him 9 million a year to, because they saw him play when he was in the right position for his skill set, And he came through, right? Then you went and you put him in a position that was terrible. And then we're here criticizing this guy. And I'm like, what do you expect? This is not what he does. It's like putting Shaquille O'Neal as a point guard. How's that going to work out? It's not going to work out, right? So those those decisions are what really show how bad Rob has been from a managerial standpoint. If I'm a general manager, a general manager has a lot of say in the construction and in the decision-making of how the team is put together. So even though the coach like Frank Vogel, he's ultimately in charge of lineups and all that. And I get that. Um, But, but if I'm, if I'm Rob, I'm going to, to Frank and going, Frank, why are you playing THT as a spot up shooter? Does Frank say, well, we don't have any choice because Russell Westbrook stinks? Okay. And Vogel, you know, like I said, Vogel had a lot put on his plate last year, and obviously he didn't get the job done. There were some mistakes that he made. Clearly his offensive schemes and the way he aligned players and his rotations really were very – substandard gerald uh, gerald i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make this simple but i will say that he did get a raw deal at the very end you and i have been on record saying he did get a raw deal on how he was treated on the way out it was okay you saw how magic left right yeah magic left saying i was backstabbed it's 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 there's you're watching the documentary of legacy and you see the I don't know if it's immaturity is the the word I'm thinking of, but the uh, 
I'm glad at least it focused on the negatives, but it doesn't focus. As it, much no, as no, no. It's 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 a human being's personality. It's the stuff that that irritates the general person about why they don't like certain people or people in general. There's this, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm using the, the the legacy documentary as an example of you're, you're watching Jim Buss speak, you watch Johnny speak, you watch uh, Jeannie speak, and you can see the, God, I, you know, I don't know what word I want to use. It's just this kind of pettiness, like childish pettiness that, that, the, the, the lack of communication, lack of between Jeannie, Johnny, and Jim. It's, there's correct? just this because you have to fix, you have to factor in this self-loathing issue with certain people that they have about themselves, jealousy and and self-worth, and hey, I want to, you know, I want notoriety, and I want, I want to be the guy that said this. Like one of the one of the, uh, I'm not going to get into the detail until we talk about it later, but you know, it's like Jim Buss wanted to be known as the guy that picked Andrew Bynum. Right. And if you shift that to now and even like, like, let's say last year, last year, you, you didn't get any, any leadership out of anybody, especially Rob, you know, it was always this disconnect with Rob and Russell Westbrook and this, like you're sitting there watching this Russell Westbrook experiment blow up in your face. If I'm GM, I'm going to Frank and going, dude, what, what, what are we going to do here? I'm gonna be pretty sure that Frank's like, dude, I gotta, I, I, I can't use this guy. Okay, should we bring him off the bench? Yeah, I guess that's the only thing we can do. Either that or tell him to go home. Okay, let him let let Frank make that decision. This is a guy that coached the last two years, the number one defense in the NBA, with and without LeBron and AD playing most of the season. And you bring in this guy who made it one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They were, I think they were 21. Yeah. Did Frank Vogel forget how to coach defense all of a sudden? Or did you give him a butter knife to eat a tomahawk steak? Probably, right? Yeah. Now, there are things that Frank did that I didn't like either, but it's a little bit more acceptable with Frank's kind of you know, company line, PC type stuff. There's people that do that. They don't want to bother with anything. Okay, I get it. That's fine. I'll respect it. But in the end, the parts don't fit. Like, whose fault is it? Who messed up here? Who messed up there? Well, if you have to point at what what wrong last year is, not only did you make a bad decision and bring in a player that wasn't going to fit or work, you compounded that with worse decisions. And you continue to make worse and worse and worse decisions. And the summer, you kept making worse decisions after worse decisions. And on top of that, you tweet at 2 o'clock in the morning saying, oh, my God, I wish it was 1999 again. Like, this is the stuff children do. This is children. This is childlike stuff. Just like listening to Jim Buss and Johnny Buss and Jeannie on the Legacy Show, all I see is a bunch of adolescent clowns, grown-ass men, grown-ass women acting like little children. I want this, I want that. That's what what's going on and this is this is this is this is what it is. And we're in an era now where entitlement is as high as it's ever been. And the second something goes wrong, it's like, well, I, it's not my fault. We we want we want a championship in 2020. Okay, well, that's nice. It's it's nice to have 
an agency that said, look, we're going to have guys come your way without you weren't really worrying about anything. Cool. Well, can you construct the team? Well, that didn't look like they could. And then the guys that they developed and actually did de- put in the work, they let them go. Oh, Zubac, let's go get Muscala. You, you draft this guy who's very capable in the second round for a, I don't even know what that guy did. And then you let go of Alex Caruso because you thought you were going to go with this younger guy. And then you you get rid of him a year later for Patrick Beverly. It's like, guys, it's the, the And then he ended right up there. back on Muscala. In, in Muscala's case, he ended up back on Oklahoma City anyways. So it's 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 a Joe. We need to be more positive. We need to be more like Laker Tom. Laker Tom is not that positive right now. Laker Tom is is seventy six years old. The reason why he's probably there is because he's an optimist, and I commend him for that, and I will support him for that. But I'm more like Bill Parcells. You are what you are. And I'm going to tell you, you are what you are until you show me you're not. Now, I don't know if you can see this. I have a new quote. Oh, here we go. A good excuse is still an excuse. It's that simple, guys. You want something else? Ask me. What else do you want? You know where I'm coming with this. Laker Tom is a saint among men. That's funny. That's good. There you go. Well, Laker Tom is a saint among men. But uh, go ahead and check out his latest article today as the number one Lakers blogger. Laker Tom, when the guy who is supposed to be the most positive, sometimes the most unrealistic, but the most positive on this show, when he even his speech, and you've heard this in recent weeks, Joe, his speech as far as the team and where it stands, what they need to do. You've even seen and heard him turn to a darker tone as far as the prospects for the team. It's concerning because he is supposed to be the cheerleader. He is Laker Tom. And when he is not that cheerleader, there's something wrong that's being done as far as the organization that we all see. We all see these problems. You and I, we try to go ahead and shoot it at you real out there. I think that's one thing that we try to do better than anybody else that's out there. Laker Nation, Lockdown Lakers, Laker Outsiders, you know, all the Laker stuff that you can attach to it as far as show is concerned. We try to hit it to you at least straight up because we think it's best for you as an audience to hear from us straight up. We don't always tell you what you want to hear. We tell you what we think that is probably best to hear. If we think the Lakers in our opinions as seeing NBA and basketball for decades and our, the way we focused on the court, as far as what we've seen are seeing a product that's not competitive in the Western conference. We're going to let you know. I think that it goes for me. I think that goes for Jamie. I think that goes for Sean. I think that goes for you as well, Joe. Is that correct? Well, you're going to always have different interpretations. I'm sure there's people that have, and I'm, 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 we know this because we've gotten backlash. There are those who assume that we're certain people when we're likely not. Yeah. Uh, I think those who don't like us in a lot of ways might be the ones that it's kind of the Howard Stern effect where they used to say uh, uh, the, the, the people who enjoyed his show would listen to about 20, 30 minutes of his three hour show. And those who didn't like him would listen to for two and a half hours. 
I'm not here to try to create uh, hate. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to be a Rush Limbaugh. Who's that clown Jones guy? Whatever that name guy, the guy's name is. You know, those those shock jock types. And even Howard Stern to a degree. He's kind of an irritant for me as well. Uh, just an obnoxious slob to me. Uh, I'm not here to shock and awe without backup. This is backing up information. It's not just get a bunch of weirdos and start doing a little dance so that you can so I can get your attention to listen and be a goofball. I'm not here to be a goofball. Um, I'll do I'll do a joke. I'll make some funny expressions, but that's because that's that's life. You know, you got to mix in a little fun here and there. But at the end of the day, if you're going to ask me a question about something, it doesn't matter what it is. Lakers. I enjoy talking about the Lakers because it's fun and uh, it's something that's a big part of our lives. Uh, but I'm telling you the truth and I'm going to back it up with facts, not delusion. We all want this team to win. That's it, Paul. Alex Jones. Those guys make those types make a living. The podcasters, the radio people, they make a living. Skip Bayless makes a living off being a complete jackass. And people have gravitated to it like the moth to the flame. I don't want to have I don't I don't think our show needs to be that. I think we can no. conduct a very, very, very informative show and a very entertaining show and actually put some positive in this thing even though it's sometimes from a negative situation. The positive here is that you're getting what is likely going to happen. You know, it's just what it is. You know, my favorite teams, you know when they're favorite to win. You know, you know they're going to stink or they're going to be good. You got to you got to you got to you got to play that game, guys. You got to be realistic and I think uh, our information and our 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 ability to convey the information in a way where you can understand and maybe relate to it. Cause there's a lot of people out there that think like we do. And they're going to be like, yes, that's, that's what I was thinking. Thanks for saying it. G that's what I, that's why I'm on here again. I was invited on this show a year ago and I've been very happy to do this. I would have never started my own gig. I think it's a little pretentious. Uh, I think it cracks me up how people will just start a podcast just to listen to themselves talk. I was invited to come here, and I and I think that's always the best way to start. So your... you can all blame me. So you can all blame me for why Joe is now on the air. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> I would not be on air, uh, I would say, I mean, unless there was another show. I had made that commitment a long time ago. I mean, I had a, uh, plenty of opportunities to do radio 10, 15 years ago. But the problem is I have a... Uh, I, I know the industry and I know what it does to you. You know, you could be in Wichita one, one day and you can be in Massachusetts the next day you're dealing with radio producers. It's a, it's, it's not a good environment in a lot of ways. Best situation is, and of course you're at the, the, the controls are not in your hands. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not a control freak in the sense of if, if I'm running something, a business or a household, I'm not going to try and control my wife or my workers. They, they were hired or I've been with my wife to have that understanding that they are capable of doing certain things and I'm going to rely on them and, and trust them. Where I don't like not being in control is my well-being and my ability to earn a living, mm. which is why I have my own business. I can't put those that that particular situation in someone else's hands because... They can let you go. They cannot like what you do. And then, you know, your livelihood is at stake there. But so, so yeah, so that's, 
this whole thing is about just trying to really educate on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a game-by-game basis on what you're seeing. And a lot of you guys are intelligent enough, especially Laker fans are intelligent enough to know what's going on. But it does it, – affirmation helps, you know, to, to, to if you, people want to release. They're like, well, that, Gerald is saying what I'm saying. Thank you for doing it for me. The hardest thing for you to do out there and for us to do out there as fans is to compartmentalize as far as where your fandom is to where reality is. And it's, it's very hard for us as fans to go ahead and sometimes break away from that. A lot of it is just always working in conjunction with each other. But we here on the show, for the most part, at least I know for myself, I try to go ahead when I sit on the show. I want to try and make sure I give you the best opinion that I can for me as a NBA fan or someone as an NBA observer first. I am a huge Lakers fan. Again, as I've told you in my background, I was born right next to the Los Angeles Forum. It is my destiny to always be a Los Angeles Lakers fan. You see hundreds of dollars in jerseys right behind me. So be that as it may, I'm going to tell you that I love the Lakers more than any other sports team on this planet and always will. But be that as it may, I'm not going to sit here and steer you wrong. If I think something is stinking, I'm going to tell you it stinks. If I conversely see something that is good about the, what's going on with the Lakers, I'm going to go ahead and be the first to tell you that as well. We're not going to BS. We're not going to give you a line of BS. And that's something I hope that we never do unless we're paid millions and millions and millions of dollars on it. Like Russell Westbrook money. You know, I could be, you know, I could alter in that direction. You never know. You never know. Okay. I'm a sellout, but it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of zeros, Joe. It takes a lot of years. But until that point, I will not give anyone out there uh, that kind of BS. I will keep it straight. I, will I got it. out of the that world of being. I'm kidding honest. to everyone out there, by the way. Uh, yeah, he is kidding. I, I've got, I went out of that. I got out of that middle management world because of things like that. I didn't want to compromise my principles. Let me ask you a question, though, before we get into Paul's question, because, you know, he's always on the Darvin Ham train. And we'll continue the Darvin Ham train question here in a sec. Uh, hitting on, let's say you're in, working with the Lakers film room because the Lakers film room is one of the most respected shows that's out there. I think they do a good its job as they can, provided the fact that they, two of the individuals, I believe, on the team are receiving paychecks from the Lakers or the, for the Lakers network and whatnot. But Mike Trudell and Pete, I believe, work in some capacity for the Lakers as far as what they do for a living and who that gets paid from them. So they're constricted on what they can say as far as opinions are concerned. So I think they do a good job with what they can do. What if you were putting something like that? What if the Lakers said, Hey, we want you guys to go ahead and, you know, go ahead and work for us. You would have to change your tune though, and be more of a company man. Would you? No. You're on your own G. I already have money and I do what I do when I want to do it. I don't need anybody. <laughs> I just need my family and my friends. I don't need Lakers. I don't need anybody to pay me anything. I'm not, I, I, I live, I live, I, I've told you guys this a few times and you're going to hear it again. You have no idea how good my life is. And a lot of it is because of the fact of how I live it. I live it under no one's thumb. I mean, I got to pay the government their taxes. That's about it. You know, I think it wife. does come off sometimes as propaganda, petting my cat, but I also think that they try to do a good job of breaking things down. But, but see, if, 
as well. This is this is this is how it's set up. You know, that's how. I think it's a good show. I think it's a really good show. I, 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 I will I, have to give them credit. That's fine. And then there's there's plenty of people out there that enjoy it. Good for them. The I, it, it, there's this certain thing, but they are restricted what they can do. Restriction is is rules are fine. I get it, but I would have to see what those rules are. What you can't criticize Genie, you can't criticize Rob for stinking. I guess it makes sense if they're getting paid by him. Yeah. But then at that point, you're just an extension of them. Now, if you don't feel like you don't feel you do, it's a sellout. You're sold out. You're selling out for their money. Okay. There's plenty of people that do that. Good for you. Go, go ahead and do it. But just don't let me catch you talking all, hey, I'm wearing ribbons and I'm all supporting things. And all of a sudden you're like, what? Aren't you getting paid by the person who just got a PPP loan? A $5 billion company? That irritated me to no end. That, and I'm going to bring that up until the end of time. That tells you a lot about who you are, people. These transactions and these bad trades, it's 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 little, little things. I told you, little breadcrumbs that tell you about who these guys are and how they operate. This is my job. My job in my life is to detect this kind of stuff. It's not that difficult for me to, to know who you are very quickly. And well, those little things, things. Well, one of the things I like about our show, and, and I've listened to a ton of basketball podcasts each and every week, I like the fact that we bring not just opinions, not just foresight, not just insight, but we do it with a personality. I think that's what people like us is because we have – personality and not just give it to you in a generic sterile fashion i think that's what people approach more that's why i keep on getting the the you know the the emails and the comments from you guys out there in the chat that you know appreciate what we do and that's why you keep coming back so that's what i really truly appreciate is the fact that you guys tell us we're doing good but i think one of the things that we bring is personality laker tom jamie sweet you Sean Grice. I mean, everybody that's been on the show has always provided, Joe has always provided their personality and their insight. But I think that's the reason, one of the reasons why we stick out as, as what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. So, well, we're able to, we're, we're, our information capacity is pretty wide. I've seen so many podcasts where there's so, most people can't really communicate very well. And on top of that, they've got a narrow-minded subject that they're talking about. And as soon as you veer off that, they're they're quiet. Uh, this is this is about entertaining an audience. If there's no audience, there's no point in doing this. Yeah. Absolutely no point. I am not doing a podcast unless there's an audience that wants to listen to my ass talk. That's it. There is no other way to look at this. I'm not. There's so many places I could go with that last statement. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I thought that would. I wanted to see if you'd catch that. There is no other way, guys. This is a this is a performance business. No one's gonna go watch a stand-up comedian and 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 hope that he, he he's marginal. They want to go see action. They want to see something funny. So if this is going to be that show where people are coming on here at 7:30 Pacific time. And we're, we're, we're entertaining them and they've taken that time to, to listen and watch and get some information and be entertained, then we, 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 we're obligated to make sure that this is done right. 
and we'll continue to build the audience the way it's supposed to. It's always, it's a battle of attrition. And then at that point, should Laker room or Laker locker room or whatever Laker crap is out there. Just add a Lakers in front of it, my friend. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't really, uh, people typically bore me when they talk, so I don't really listen to people talk too much. That's scary for me. But that's me. That's me, you know. I, I, if I, if I criticize something, it's more pertaining to how I feel about me doing it. Like, okay. I think I told you this about tattoos. I think tattoos are dumb, okay. but every one of my friends has a tattoo. I don't think they're dumb. Okay. It's just dumb for me. So don't feel offended. Don't get all weird. Don't get all sad. Don't get all, wait a minute. What did you mean by that? Look, take it easy. I'm just telling you, it's not for me. I think it's clownish. It works for you. I don't think you're a clown. I just think it's clownish for me. Come on. It's okay, guys. You can disagree. to, to You can agree to disagree. I'll tell you what. Everybody's been great in the comments. Even after we go off the air and I read your comments all week long right there at the Lakers Fast Break on YouTube. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show so you can get the latest updates on when we go live here at the Lakers Fast Break. But before we head on out, my friend, do want to thank everybody for being a part of today's broadcast. Again, the chat room, you guys are the stars for today's show, and we truly appreciate it. How 10 questions I have turned into like 25 has been just sensational. And you made Joe happy. That's always a good thing. Anytime you can make him smile is a good thing. So that's always awesome indeed. But before we head on out, it is episode eight of Legacy, the true story of the Los Angeles Lakers. Actually focused up to the first championship of a back-to-back for Kobe and, and Kobe's obsession with trying to go ahead and compete with Shaq now that Shaq was traded to Miami and he ended up winning a championship and then he ended up talking smack to Kobe in that famous rap song that he did. Kobe had as well. You know, everybody knows the finish on that one. No, I want to hear you say it. No, that's okay. We'll go. I want to hear you say it. That's okay. No, that's okay. Come on, sing it. That's okay. Sovereign, all the best to you. Take it easy as well. We'll be leaving here in a few minutes as well, but we want to thank you so much for watching and listening. But before we have it on out, want to go ahead and mention that the show itself focused again more on some things I might not have focused on as much as, but I know there was a, a plan to it, and that is the drafting of high schooler Andrew Bynum being a focus and a priority for Jim Bus to showcase his skills, so to speak, as a basketball executive. It was his choice to go ahead and make the selection of Andrew Bynum, even though there were some injury concerns, as was noted by many individuals there that were on the show. So your thoughts on this, my friend? Again, they focused a lot on Andrew Bynum, which I was hoping that they wouldn't do, but they did, especially the fact that they, again, glossed over a lot of the good things that happened in Laker history, like the championships they won. The three-peat was glossed over, in my opinion. Also, the first championship that they won in the back-to-back, Kobe, that was just shown at the end in not a very large amount. It was basically the story of in between those championships with Kobe, his issues with the organization, threatening to leave, almost getting traded to the Detroit Pistons, the issues behind the scenes with the Bus family, Jim Bus trying to prove himself, I understand a lot of that's good and actually wanted to see a lot of that because a lot of that isn't too commonly known to the general Lakers fans out there. But 
I wanted to see a little bit more of what it ultimately led up to in the successes that we saw with the Los Angeles Lakers of those 2000s with the championships that they won. The story is not really about that. It's about the inferiority complexes of a family that could not live up to their father's reign. The Andrew Bynum story was more of a was more of an introduction and who Jim Buss was and he is who he he is what we've all heard he was is this guy that kind of wanted to live up to something that he wasn't really ever going to live up to. He's not to be taken seriously. He's not Jerry West. He will never be Jerry West. He won't he wasn't even a marginal management guy. He's got he's too self thinking. He's self gratification was was his motivation. And this is the part, guys. This is the part that ruins businesses. This is the part that ruins relationships. You know, it's 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 the the pettiness of an inferior human being in a in a power position. I'm just gonna say, Paul, I agree with you. If the Lakers do win a championship with Russell Westbrook, I might get a tattoo as well. In fact, I might get a Lakers tattoo just for Joe. How about that, Joe? How about that? Doesn't mean anything to me. Okay. <laughs> Blue Magic says it's good to have some straight shooters on this panel. Congratulations. Go ahead and go with it. I don't, I'm not, I'm not putting that tattoo for anyone. Uh, Lakers Fast Break does have a diverse set of personalities. I and, will and, say, if I, and, I, and if I catch a home run ball by the opposing team, I'm still keeping the ball, by the way. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's a valuable one and you can no, sell that out. Even if it's a foul ball or whatever, I'm keeping All right. Okay, fair enough. Andrew Bynum deserves a documentary, according to Blue Magic. The guy is still only 34. Theoretically, he could have still been in the NBA today. You're right. Part of the knee injuries were genetic. Part of the knee injuries were caused by things that happened on. I know Kobe rolled up on his leg and one of the injuries of his knee. And I know that was part of the issue there. But uh, I do want to go ahead and say that Legacy overall has been a pretty good watch for me. I really enjoy some of the things that I wasn't aware of during the course of this these Lakers years, it does head into what we'd be seeing as far as the second half of that back-to-back does cover real briefly also as well. Kobe's 81 as far as his 81 point game in this latest episode, but I'm curious to see how they approach next week's episode with the second of the back-to-back that Kobe won. Obviously what happened after it, the fallout from the buses ultimately leading to the unfortunate death of Kobe Bryant, the retirement of Kobe Bryant, and also as well what happens with the bubble, because I know that they're going to close the series with the bubble championship for the Lakers. So I believe there's at least one, if not two more episodes in the book. So looking forward to going ahead and sharing our thoughts. So overall, it's a good watch for me. I'm hoping everybody out there is having a good time. Joe, overall, after eight episodes, are you enjoying it? And do you give it a pass so far for everyone out mm-hmm. there? Very good. Okay. Absolutely. I think they've done a pretty good job. Again, the archival footage, especially of the 70s and 80s stuff and the 90s as well, has been outstanding. That, to me, is the true star of the show. Yes, the interviews with the players are great and the kind of candid things that they say. Obviously, that's been very much appreciated but the archival footage has been outstanding. So if you want to see a lot of great footage, please go ahead and check out Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers. And remember, I still have an interview with one of the executive producers, Stephen Leckert, still available a couple of weeks back. You can check it out in the archives right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for joining us. We're doing another 90 minutes. I know petting my cat said we're going four hours, but no, not today, not today. But 
I got some bad news. Laker Tom has COVID. Oh, really? What and did he, he say? He this? followed. He followed after. He followed that announcement with "Damn it!" So oh I think my he's gosh. Okay. I'm seeing the email right there. Oh no, I'm I'm very sorry. I'm going to go ahead, Tom. I'm tr- I'm truly sorry that that happens. Uh, I'm hoping that you do feel better. I'm hoping that you feel well and get through this quickly. I know he has his vaccinations. I'm not going to go into anything right there. Just telling you he has vaccinations. So hoping that he will be okay. Uh, I know we send our best wishes to him first and foremost, and I'm going to go ahead and correlate that in, in private tonight on an email. But I know us Lakers fans are really rooting for Tom, and I'm hoping he'll get back with us real soon. But Joe, I mean, it's been a great episode. I know training camp is now underway. Looking forward to a lot of good things. I do also want to mention that I'm looking forward to talking about some fantasy basketball here in a couple of weeks. So we want to, I want to go ahead and dedicate an episode upcoming to that. Maybe even do a league again like we do, did last year in Yahoo. But any last thoughts before we head on out? No, I am going to have to check out a little early. Uh, I have guests that have arrived. So okay. I've enjoyed tonight's show, and we will go ahead and uh, hopefully come back tomorrow with something good too. Well, I'll tell you what. It's been great having you here, my friend. Uh, great having everyone here as well. been great in the chat room. Going ahead and saying, Ime, Dave, Blue, West, Sovereign, Petting My Cat, Richard, everybody has been great on the chat tonight. Uh, even Tyke, Riok, great having you on the, the chat, talking about what's going on. Paul, of course, but for Joe, he's heading on out. So it's going to be just me that's heading on out right here for you. So want to thank so much for watching and listening. Please, if you have any questions for us, always. Paul, even give him a shout-out as well. Paul Lipman and Paul Terry, also give him a shout-out. He's been great also in the chat. So Dave Harrison says 47 million reasons to fire Palenka. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens indeed. But for Joe Sorrell and for everybody else here at the Lakers Fast Break, if you have any questions for me, Lakers Fast Break on Twitter and, of course, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Blue Magic says, thank you. We thank you for taking the time to see us and also listen to us. And we'll be back here. I'm going to try and see if I can work something out tomorrow with Jamie Sweet. Not 100% on that. Definitely on Thursday, doing a Thursday show as we always do. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Gerald Solo for an extra hour. Only if I'm getting paid, my friend. Only if I'm getting paid. I got to think about a family thing, you know. Plus, also, my wife would kill me if I did it alone. But that's neither here nor there but my friends truly appreciate you listening and watching for joe sorrow it's gerald glassford thank you so much for watching and listening we're going to try and do one tomorrow not 100 percent, but we'll try and see what we can work out but we're definitely going to be here on thursday so stay with us for the latest notifications on when we go live by subscribing today and being part of what we do right here at the lakers fast break podcast